everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 158, Gear Advice Run Amok. On this episode, we share the best and worst gear advice we've received over the years. What are the highlights and equally the lowlights in learning the hard way? And what have we learned about taking advice? This episode is all about how these moments have altered the way we backpack today. What's the worst or best advice you have ever gotten yourself? Get talking about this topic. Join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and start the conversation. Come hang out with us and be part of our community. So because of all the whole pandemic gig that we've been living through the last few months, all the retail stores were closed. A lot of inventory out there that they need to get rid of for the fall. So there's some just killer gear value out there. There's some killer gear sales out there. Um, so we have put all of these, all of this gear in one place. Just go to the backpackerstore.com where the power is in the search. You can use the search area to type in the piece of gear that you want to compare prices from all the major online outfitters like REI, Moose Jaw, Camp Saver, Eastern Mountain Sports, Osprey Packs, MSR. They're all on there. That's www.thebackpackerstore.com. There's even a section for all the coupon codes that all of these online stores offer. The best type of search to do is if you're looking for like an MSR pocket rocket or you're looking for an enlightened quilt, type in that product in the search and then you can compare all the prices that everyone's selling it for. It's a pretty good gig. In full disclosure, we built that site for you. We do take a small commission of any gear that you buy, but it also helps support the podcast at no cost to you. Also, big news, huge news, Ms. Petrucci. Do tell. We have, we're very excited to have partnered up with teespring.com through popular demand and have finally, after four years, <laughs> created a um, kind of like a merch store or a Trust the Trail store. Uh, coffee cups, t-shirts, hoodies, with all your favorite camping sayings on there. We just got our Trust the Trail because it's cheaper than therapy coffee mug today. Finally, we love it. We posted that on our Instagram page. Um, just go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash trust hyphen the hyphen trail hyphen two and choose your favorite piece of gear. That is a long URL. <laughs> but basically, teespring.com forward slash stores, trust the trail, and all of it's there. We've got hoodies, T-shirts, and we've got some pretty funny things. So we finally got that thing going. Very, very excited to have partnered with uh, Teespring on that. Uh, pretty, pretty good gig. Very, very excited about that. Speaking of good advice... That mug saying is good advice. Trust the trail because it's cheaper than therapy. It's probably the best advice ever. I think a lot of us need to be going through some form of therapy at the moment. Uh, and 
obviously the outdoors is just a natural way to get that. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, it is. I, absolutely. We're at the point now where we just want to turn off the TV and run away. I mean, to the woods. <laughs> to the woods. Live in the woods. I think I could build a shelter out of bamboo. I'm not sure, but we're almost ready at that point to do that. Um, lots, lots, lots going on in this in this crazy uh, year. I think we've all experienced all the highs and the lows, and that's kind of. I guess we're talking about that today, aren't we? Yeah, pretty much. I think 2020 will go down as the most um, life-changing, slap-in-the-face year. As in, yeah, we need to do better. We need to get our blank together. And, yeah, it's been like, a, a, I think it's been a, like, I don't know if it's, it, it might go down as the greatest year after it's all done because we finally had, you know, Face like Mother some, Nature said, hey, you're not that important. Right. Where I think we're facing some real change. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we we're talking uh, tonight about, you know, just advice and like what was the worst advice you ever gotten when it comes to gear? What was the best advice? And we started like just rattling off all these things. And we kind of realized that it was probably the the bad advice that made us better outdoors people, better backpackers. Um, for sure, with me, because um, it forced me to look at it forced me to look at. You know, I don't think that person knows what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but you had to learn from it. it. You yeah, had to learn absolutely. from it to learn that it wasn't good advice. It was terrible advice. <laughs> but but at the time, I thought it was genius advice. <laughs> um, I and I think everybody has ex you know experience in this in this realm because y when you're learning, when you're first you know, new to something, regardless of if it's backpacking or anything in your life, you're, you're a sponge, you're absorbing all of the information that you can intake about whatever that topic is, because you come from a place of, of, of ignorance. And that's, everybody starts at that base level. And as you absorb things, you in reality are taking somebody's advice and advice is not factual it's based off of experience of their own or likes and dislikes and there's so many components that go into it so advice is very relative in the long run but you have to learn and adapt from that advice good bad truthful completely um perhaps just off the cuff like a just a lie. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I think and I think learning from that really teaches you what to do or what you need or what you prefer. Well, I think also I know for me that I like getting advice, but I know that the bad advice I've gotten over the years have seemed to cost me a lot of money. <laughs> seems to be a theme in our so in our in our worst advice it, category. Yeah, it seems to be that that lesson kind of hurts a little bit because it hits deep in the pocketbook, you know. And or um, as my feet found out one day, um, just not happy. I did not have happy feet um, twice by getting advice on footwear. Um, and we'll share that. I'll, I'll share that with you, but. I, I think the, the the advice that it, it just sounds so good. Um, it's kind of like, you know, getting advice kind of reminds me of, um, 
you know, the you've seen in a ton of movies where the angel is on one shoulder and the devil's on the other shoulder and they're both whispering in your ear, no, you know, you want to do it that way. No, don't do it that way. Yeah, yeah, you want to do it that way. No, 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 no. And it's like that voice going back and forth and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the devil's advice on that one. It just seems like... It's always like, so more enticing. It just seems more logical. And that's the that's the thing. It's like sometimes like the best advice I think I've ever gotten have has been so simple. And it's been... I mean, it's like really little, tiny, simple... Oh, I didn't think of that. Um, and that's usually the... the lo- that's usually the kind of advice I love. The, the, the bad advice is usually... Long-winded, and they tell you why. <laughs> you know, it's like they tell you why they're giving you the advice. So we're gonna go through a couple things. Um, so what I, is what? Yeah, what is one of the like the highlighted like bad advice moments that you've received that you had to learn the hard way? Well, um, so this company is no longer in existence, but I still have their insulated down. Um, winter uh, pants, um, but they're 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 no longer around. They're a company called Intricol Designs, and they were really in the forefront of lightweight uh, backpacking back in you know two early two thousands. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't make it, but they they had, they they had some great gear. But one <laughs> one of the one of the things I got sucked into was because. You know, in the very beginning, in my backpacking experience, I I was really fortunate. I had a very good teacher. I was very very lucky, um, but I, and I learned to multi use gear in different ways. So, in being a lightweight fanatic early on, which is very very rare, um, and the, we're talking two thousand two. So that's like you know going on twenty years now. So. This company, Integral Designs, they had a poncho that was a poncho for rain. It was a pack cover, so you didn't have to put a pack cover on. It would lift up over your backpack, right? Mm-hmm. In an emergency, it was a tarp. It was an 8 by 10 tarp. I could never figure out how that worked with the hood, on because there's like a hole in the tarp right away but it actually (laughs) (laughs) maybe for your feet feet don't need to no it was was on top so the the guideline so you put the tarp over you it went over your pack had a hood and it was sil nylon and it was actually a sil nylon poncho much like the tarp we sleep under it was sil nylon and but it had it had loops that would drag on the trail. It was like had loops, so you could stake it down as a tarp. Well, the best advice I'd read this, um, I'd read this blog post, um, and it was like, oh man, that's the best. That's where you gotta go. It's a three in one, tarp, ring, pack cover, and poncho. The, the uh, this the epitomizes multi using your gear. Epitomizes. <laughs> I thought it was genius. So. Um, so in 2003, I'm on the Appalachian Trail. It was very, very early on in my hike. I wasn't even out of Georgia. <laughs> I mean, that's how early that was, right? And a thunderstorm, a really bad thunderstorm came through. 
And so I'm like, huh, I'm going to get the poncho out. Well, in practicality, you know, we always talk about test your gear, test your gear. I had tested that poncho a hundred times in the house. <laughs> I mean. End of story. <laughs> yeah, end of story. I, I mean, it worked fine. I was in the house. I put the poncho on. I flipped it. I just did a little flip, wrist flick. And it just laid very nicely over the backpack. It covered the whole backpack all the way down to my knees. Put the hood up, perfect. But when a thunderstorm rolls in and there's a little wind, I mean, it it got bad quick. I mean, the wind really picked up. And I tried putting my genius best advice I'd gotten. I It would... It ri- you're, you're you're planning to multi-use this. So, needless to say, the poncho act acted like a hot air balloon, and as I'm trying to put it over my head, over the pack, it it kept on getting caught behind my neck, and I couldn't get the damn thing over my pack. As the rain started to fall, and it was raining hard, it was a thunderstorm. I tried several attempts. I was by myself. Nobody was around. Thank God. Well, thank God. Well, for two reasons. One, because it was complete totally... Complete failure. Yeah, complete failure. Two, it would have been nice to have somebody around to like just, hey, could you grab the end of my poncho <laughs> and put it over my pack? So the the like third or fourth time I tried it, um, a big gust of wind came. It blew out of my hands. And all I could do was turn around and see my my poncho running down the trail running down the trail just like i will this, not be abused in this way in like this tumbleweed fashion <laughs> just rolling well there, rolling there went that so i i of course you know i mean back then that was a kind of an expensive piece of gear too because you know super lightweight still nylon that was new uh to the backpacking uh arena so I'm running down the trail, trying to get it. I get it. I finally catch it. By the time I get that sucker over my pack and I start hiking, um, the storm <laughs> the storm had blown over. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, okay, I'm done with this poncho. <laughs> and it took me one time. Like, you know, this was early on. I don't even think, I'll bet you I was... Man, I didn't even make, I don't even think I was at Neil's Gap. I don't even think I'd made it. I think it was like around the Justice Creek area where that storm hit. And I just, it, it, it was the, I, when I read this blog post, this thing sounded like the best option and the best piece of gear that you could do. It was like, oh yeah, I totally get it. Three in one. Oh my God, it's a genius Worst decision to buy that piece of gear I ever, I ever, I ever, I ever made, I ever bought. And it was like, a, it was expensive. I can, I can just see the conversation going with customer service. Well, sir, that might just be user error on your end. Oh, yeah. well, you know, it could have been, it was like trying. I've actually seen, to be honest, I've seen with the umbrellas, the ponchos, you know, a lot of people do this because it is multi-using your gear and it is like really like thinking outside of the box to make something very lightweight work. I have seen ponchos fail time and time and time and time again. Um, it's for some people, but it's not for everybody. 
I felt like every every piece of wildlife on the Appalachian Trail was looking at me. They're going, ah, that's a newbie. <laughs> oh. See how long he lasts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's trying so hard too to get that on. I you know, one of my one of my pieces of advice it really wasn't so much direct. It was very indirect. Uh probably be the most eye-opening uh factor for me. And that being a newbie, you know, learning and experiencing things, shopping at REI. When I first got into backpacking, I, I was, there was, there was, REI was not focused on lightweight options for backpackers. It was more derived car camping. It still is, but they're bringing, they're, they're really altering with the times, but back then it wasn't. Um, I, as I was walking, I didn't, I didn't do my research. I'm kind of the person who just like likes to buy without doing the research on it where he used to be. I was just like, Oh, I'll just walk into a camping store and I'll, I'll, I'll get everything I need. But as you're walking the aisles, all these little small components of everything, it, it, marketing, marketing is so strong and so key. And honestly, marketing is very, very powerful in REI. And they make you believe as a newbie, as somebody first starting out, not knowing, not have hit the trail yet, that you need every little whistle and gadget and component that goes with something. I I thought that that the only option for food was your dehydrated food section. That's what you took. I didn't know anything else because the marketing around it is so strong. Yeah, they should just have a sign at REI when you walk in that says, buy everything. <laughs> buy everything. <laughs> I, <laughs> one of my very first backpacking trips, I thought I was, I thought I had nailed it. I was so confident in thinking, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm a pro out here, right? And I pull out my like Snow Peak double walled insulated cup <laughs> and I and I put my hot lip on it you know this orange like rubber hot lips and I'm like sipping and I'm like yeah I'm like digging life I know what I'm doing like I'm a pro at this because like that's what you buy with the cup and how much are those things they're they're, <laughs> they're like I think it was brutally like, expensive it was like 15 dollars right. for two like why for a piece of rubber to put on the cup right uh i never used that after that camping trip i was so humiliated in thinking like this was oh this was a gimmick purchase i fell for something it wasn't needed the cup cooled off in like point point like i half a second maybe it was cool enough to drink from it was just it was just like little things like that and they all added up um and I think, like, in your mindset, you, you know, you really, it allows you to clutter things, all these unnecessary purchases. And I think the advice that I had received from that is really absorbing and, and, and learning from it. And it wasn't a direct piece of advice. Some of this that we're going to talk about today are direct components of somebody has told me something. But this was probably the most alarming and eye-opening for me. And I'm pretty sure everybody out there has spent hundreds of unnecessary dollars in little add-ons. Well, and then years later, you, you see this like orange piece of rubber <laughs> in the bottom of your your gear bin. And you're like, what is this? Like, why is it in my gear bin? What? And then you realize, oh, it stayed in oh, my gear bin for I years. I know what it is. <laughs> like, I can't believe I know. fell for this. Yeah. Well, you know what you do? You walk in and you see the, the the photograph of everybody camping, and you know you see the you know the 
the the person drinking the snow peak with this orange thing on the cup and you're like yeah yeah i'm gonna need that that's exactly what i'm gonna need and i think that's one of the things that i mean having worked at rei i can only tell you this that there would be people that would walk into rei i kid you not with a list as long as my arm and they and they would say can you help me this is what i have to buy i'm like well, who told you that? I, I downloaded it's it. It's on a list. It's on a list. The list told me. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay. I mean, and it would be it it would be pretty normal for them to walk out spending twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars. I, I, I right there on gear. I mean, the catch mm-hmm. is 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 that these stores are you know set up to provide everything you need, and yes, there's a lot of like marketing gimmicks out there, and there's a lot of unnecessary components. But but when you don't have a base knowledge of what is necessary and what is not necessary, it, it's really easy to fall within that trap. And I, I hundreds of things I I probably bought over the first like year, uh, thinking I would need it, and I. I still, to this day, use that same Snow Peak cup. I love it. I still use it. Yep. But it's probably the only thing that I still use from my original, like, backpacking purchases. i tell you one thing that it's I got. The only com- thing. I got completely trapped, suckered, and I felt like an idiot after I bought it. Um, it, it was long before I started working at REI, for sure. Um, but... Uh, I was I was going to go hiking in uh, the Shawnee National Forest, and I was going to do the River to River Trail. And someone said, oh, man, mosquitoes are bad down there. They're bad. Well, ticks are really bad down there. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I've got my, I've got my uh, you know, I've got my repellent. I've got my DEET. Uh, what, what, what do you have? I said, I don't know, DEET. He said, <laughs> they're like, do you have 100% DEET? And I looked at him without even thinking I even, it didn't even cross my mind I go 100% deep where, where do you get that <laughs> I must have I went out and bought a hundred percent deet and never even I it didn't even dawn on me there's there's first of all there's no such thing as a hundred percent deet you're basically taking a flamethrower to a mosquito and it it's really super bad for you. And so I got this repel stuff that I had 100% DEET. And I had luckily, thank God, I sprayed it on, I think I sprayed it on my pants leg or on my boot. Um, and it it bubbled. It, it, it burnt the fabric. And so later... I find out that REI had pulled that 100% deed out of their off of their shelves because it was toxic. It was really bad. So then after doing some more research, I found that 100% deed is not any more effective than 30% deed. And when you go above 30% deed, you're just basically <laughs> buying stock and like Dow Chemical. <laughs> you know that's some group of people that i feel like are it's like all marketing. M- mad scientists right in some chemical you know room are like you know we can make a hundred percent deed really is it a hundred percent i don't know and 
it just like, but it burns. It we can, you know, and and that was like terrible advice because after I really started doing research on it, I'm like, I'm not spraying this stuff. Not, I mean, your clothes are one thing, of course. You know, they make other uh, products now that are much better. Um, you know, to soak your clothes and and to spray, but but I'm not spraying this stuff on my skin. Dear God. You know, and I, uh, to this day, I always read the DEET stuff to make sure I'm not spraying some sort of, you know, weird ass chemical on my skin. Well, you are, and you've been hoodwinked. <laughs> well, is that a, is that a term? It, it, I was hoodwinked for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it's terrible. But you still are. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. No, it is terrible. There are definitely other, uh, other options. But I mean, I spray that stuff. I still I, go to it. I spray that stuff and it, it's like, you know, the whole forest were like, just cleared out. No wonder I didn't see any wildlife. <laughs> you know, it's probably glowing, you know, in the dark or something, you know, like everybody could see me, you know, <laughs> they're like, oh, well, who's that guy? I think he's nuclear, you know? I mean, it's like, I should have been like, had a radiation sign or something on, on the back of, I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Uh Completely off top. So I have another an interesting uh, worse advice, um, and I was in in REI. It all goes back to REI. Good, bad. You know, there's equal components. And I had I had a guy trying to sell me a backpack, and I was looking in between the two backpacks. Was it me? No, no, it wasn't you. Um, and he said to me, he goes, because I was I was trying to pick between two different backpacks. And he said to me, he said, well, if you can't decide, just which color do you like the best? Worst advice out there. You don't say that to a woman. Which color do you like best? <laughs> color matters. And, and, I, and I actually... In a in a in a blink of an eye, I said, "Ah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab this one without even really weighing the the most important components of what this is. Does it fit? You know, oh, they did, but does it work? Which one is better for me? How am I going to be using it? Like it, it was just based off of sheer color, sheer color, and and I he, he it it probably wasn't intended. It was more just like okay." I need to be done with you. I have other, I have other customers that I need to attend to. You know, he's being called on his walkie or whatever. But um, that was really that really stood out to me as like just a really poor piece of advice. I met this gentleman. Uh, well, what color did you pick? I think we blue, would like to know. Blue, blue. It's killing me not to know blue. what color you picked. It was just like a teal blue. <laughs> they only come in like two or three colors. No, actually, uh, backpacks come in a multitude well, of colors. Well, which one was it? Was not... it the REI Flash? Which one was it? It was the Osprey. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I picked the more muted of the colors uh, because I kind of like to blend in. And yeah, I, Okay, backstory. I, I had been in retail for, I had, at that point, I had been in retail for 15 years, uh, a very like high fashion 
retailer. And so it was like kind of embedded in me to like really think about color coordination and uh, colors and does it match and does it go well and, do, you know, does it complement? I mean, it was just the world in which I was exposed to and I learned a lot in 15 years it was embedded in me essentially i just want to say right now i am so grateful to the trail <laughs> gods that that was not me that day that you came in and talked i would have been like oh dear god well let me just make it clear i wasn't worried about color until he brought it to my attention so that's why it's in my worst advice category is because that one statement alone even though it wasn't necessarily dished out as advice really selected my choice for me because all of a sudden I was worried about color. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, no, I do need to think about this. And yeah, I do like this color. I'm more attracted to this color than I am this color. So this is the pack I'm getting. And so, you know, advice is, is that, you know, color is always secondary to a better choice. I met this gentleman once uh, who had a lot of pink. He always backpacked with a lot of pink, pink socks he had pink tennis shoes once. Um, just a lot of like gear choices were pink. And I, I was very curious and, uh, and I made a comment and I was like, wow, you really are into the color pink. And I'm really opposed to the color pink for the most part. And and he's, his, his answer was like, pink is cheaper. Pinker, pink is always on sale. That's why I, I buy he- it. I heard that too. Is that true? I, you know what? I never did any research. I don't really have factual evidence to back up that statement, but it really made me think that there's a better there's a better option out there than color choice alone. And I know that so many people don't want to admit it, but I myself have done it. I know many people have based their decision on color first and then like the components or how it would benefit you uh, secondary to that. And it just is really, it was just a really eye-opening statement for me because I instantly, I instantly just was like, yep, that's it, based off of color alone. And you went with teal. It was like a teal blue. <laughs> the other one was a mix of, yep. <laughs> the other one was a mix of like a, a darker green, but it had tan. And I, I didn't, I didn't like the tan color. It just kind of felt like, ugh, you know? Which, you know, I mean... You know, it's kind of funny because, you know, when, when gear manufacturers are, are making gear. Now, a couple of them, you know, I'll tell you who really comes to mind is Lightheart Gear with Judy Gross. You know, she purposely made her tents purple because that came, it was like a, you know, she was, she wanted purple and that was kind of like a European thing. If I remember her story right, she wanted purple and which meant that makes sense. But, you know, like who comes up with these colors with, um, you know, with with gear? I mean, do they have like a boardroom? Do they sit around like, I don't know. I'm liking, I like the teal. Or, or, like, <laughs> it wasn't about color. the color. It was, about, it was about the worst advice that I've been issued in a simple statement just to probably get me out of his way. Yeah. And I fell for it hard. And I, from that, I really did select a lot of my choices based off of color. Like, uh, I look at running shoes and I, I look at color before I look at components. But it's honestly, 
it's the worst advice and it's embedded in us and well i scratch it guys scratch it i think speaking of uh you had mentioned shoes i think one of the one of the and this is bad advice but some of it was my fault too is that um and i don't do it anymore i haven't done it for a very long time um but when when uh and i i did bring them on the at when i hiked the at and probably oh man every bit of eight years after that were you need to buy crocs crocs are the best gotta get the crocs gotta get the crocs across the rivers take your boot off your hiking shoe put on the crocs cross the river they are the best well they're pretty good they are pretty good except there's one little tidbit of information that you don't get with that advice the advice is lacking. <laughs> the advice is lacking on that one. So um, I had these Crocs for a while, and and they were okay. Um, I, I they were fine. What I liked about the Crocs is that they kind of protected my toes. Um, so if I, you stub your toe, which is common, uh, you run into something. It kind of protected that. You know, it had a little bit of a harder shell. They have a around beautiful toe box on them. Yeah. Except for one, here's the advice you don't get with that, is that when I went backpacking one time, um, I had a truck, I put my backpack in the back of the truck, I had my um, had my Crocs carabined on the back of my backpack, it was a long, it was a long drive, it was hot, it was sunny, and I um, put the backpack on, we go, we, we hit it, I think we were doing Big South Fork. We go to hike the across the Cumberland River, and my Crocs don't fit at all. <laughs> I've experienced that. I mean, they didn't even come close <laughs> to fitting. I'm like, who the heck would steal my Crocs and replace them with baby shoes? You know, well, what kind of sick individual would do that? No, I've experienced the same thing. We took a hiatus uh, of backpacking for probably like three months when we first bought the Airstream and we were in like full on, full time gut mode and we just went for it. Um, and I had left my Crocs out in the, in the baking sun, you know, every single day because we were essentially living there, uh, working on the Airstream. And by the time I got back on the trail with my Crocs, uh, my my foot, my heel is hanging out the edge, and I'm like, did did my feet grow? Yeah. Like, did this airstream renovation project force my feet into this like stress level and just exponentially grow a full two sizes on me? Which was funny because that was years after that had happened to my Crocs, and I just laughed. Oh, I'm I know. Like, Scott's like, oh, yeah, they left, shrink. They yeah, shrink. Yeah, they sh- I'm like, they what? Sh- they shrink, baby. And so and, and so from from that point on, um, and I, I, I forced my foot into them, and we had like, I don't know, probably like four or five river crossings on that on that trip. And sure enough, man, I got I got ankle blisters. Yeah. Because those crocs just kind of dug right in to my ankle. And I'm like, you know, I can't, I, I, I just, I just turned away from them. And so that was good advice. I think they kind of worked a little bit for what I needed. But since then, I just go, I mean, they, they make so many great sandals now 
that, you know, if I need to cross a river, I just sometimes, I mean, I've worn water shoes before. I brought water shoes. I brought uh, just regular sandals. I love hiking in my Keens. Sometimes I don't even bring backpacking uh, boots or shoes. I just hike in my Keen sandals all the time. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I just, it, it was it was like good advice without the second part of the story. Don't leave them in the sun. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I kind of challenge you on that that is bad advice because Crocs are good advice. Um, so I was going to challenge you, but it's just... A, another layer and component of the advice that uh, perhaps they didn't experience, and so they weren't telling you the full story. Yeah, no, 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 no full story. So, what's some of the best advice you ever got? My all-time top best advice pick comes from yours truly, Scott Jans, co-host. Really? Of Trust the Trail podcast. Yeah. Really? I can't yeah. wait to hear this. I know this is something I've kept from you when we were working on our show notes. The best advice that I ever directly received, rather than having to learn for myself, is Scott taught me how to visualize my hike. And this is when I was, so I started out as a rock climber. Uh, and so a lot of my backpacking up to that point was really like Craig to Craig. And it was, it was just loaded with ropes and gear. And it just, it wasn't true backpacking. It was in it for a different reason. And so I was very, very used to just like throwing all the gear in and going and figuring it out as I was there. Um, so when I started, I, I started packing very heavy because it was a new world to me. But Scott really taught me how to, to, how to reduce weight by visualizing my hike, like every condition that uh, I would encounter, uh, every weather condition, every aspect of it, like elevation, ups and downs. And he really taught me how to like close my eyes, sit, sit on the couch, sit in front of my backpack as I'm packing things, and really focused and visualized myself on the trail doing those miles. What am I walking over? What am I encountering while I'm out there? If it's raining, how does it alter the way I've packed my pack? Or how has it altered the way I've... Um, what I've brought to eat, uh, does that change the component? It's it's really in preparation for preparing for your hike, both mentally, it prepares you for almost every component. So there's there's not much of a surprise element because you've already mentally prepared uh, for all of it, but it it equally reduces weight. It helps you pack weight wisely for the different aspects or the different terrain or the different time frames that you might be experiencing, different variables of uh, your specific hike. But it also allows you to not forget something <laughs> important, which I kind of had a habit of doing in the, in the beginning because I had so much gear. You know, it, until you really get experience, it's very easy to overpack for what ifs or what you think you might encounter versus the reality of it. And and so, Scott, I thank you for that because you actually taught me a, a unique component of preparing for a trip before, not on paper form, but like mentally really seeing myself out there and, 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 and preparing in a different way. And it's, it's actually, it's something that I've taken. It took me a while to adjust to that rhythm. I'm like, 
oh, I'm sitting here stressing over what to pack. Like, how can I like really see myself on the trail? I don't know what to encounter. I don't know the terrain I'm about to hit. I've never been to that location, but it's taught me so much about being in the right frame of mind. I've reduced weight. I've, I've, I've packed more intelligently, I, I guess would be, I'm not overpacking. Well, I think, um, I mean, I learned that when I did the AT because, you know, the AT is, and, and you know this, the AT is, can, it's, it's very, uh, I don't know if I want to use the word mundane, but the AT is like the same over, your days are the same over and over and over again. And that, you know, the, 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 the trail changes in terrain um, you know, changes in a little geography, of course the weather changes, but it's still the same day, you know, it's just work. And so I started mentally, you know, after 2003 and the weather was so bad, I just started mentally kind of just going through my day and thinking, okay. Um, and of course when I did it, it rained all day. So I would, I would go through it just like trying to trying to keep dry, (laughs) (laughs) trying to keep dry all the time. I think the best advice I ever got, um, and I've I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I'm sure, but I think the best advice I ever got was, um, you know, about food. And uh, I I was on the AT, and I had uh, back then there wasn't a lot of uh, mountain house options. There were there's not even a lot of freeze-dried or rehydrated food options at all. Uh, you had like, you know, lasagna, beef stroganoff, beef stew, spaghetti, and uh, that was about it. Beans and rice. Bean, we didn't even have beans and rice. It was very limit, <laughs> limited. And so, and, and breakfast was even worse. And so you had these terrible powdered eggs, freeze-dried eggs, and um, I couldn't eat it. I, I, was, I, I got sick. And, uh, and that wasn't that far in. I mean, I'll bet you I was within 100 miles, my first 100, mi- 100 miles. And, uh, you know, I got sick. I physically got sick. And some guy uh, was at the shelter, and I go, I just can't eat this stuff. And he goes, well, do you eat that stuff at home? I said, no. He goes, well, why are you eating it on the trail? I said, because it's backpacking food. He goes, well, you can make whatever you want out here on the trail. I'm like, God, <laughs> what? <laughs> it just blew my mind. The clouds open up and oh it's like this beam of light hits and you're like, it, why am I eating this it stuff? blew my mind. I'm like, you know what? I could cook whatever I wanted to. And of course, the MSR Flex Skillet wasn't around, but um, I started completely eating stuff that I, I liked. Um, and you know, not often, not all the time. And it didn't always fit with, uh, that, uh, week's worth of food, but I certainly didn't, I wasn't a slave to the, you know, freeze dried food concept anymore. And I started eating stuff like I started putting a banana in my backpack, you know, was it heavier? Yeah, but I really liked it. You know, and I started eating a little bit. You really just heeded that advice to the fullest. (laughs) I just really started. Oh, yeah. It was like some of the the best advice I've ever gotten has been so little, so tiny. You know, like it wasn't even advice. It was almost like the trail was gifting me advice by letting me see someone else do something brilliant that I'd never thought of before. 
Uh, yeah, I would, I would have to agree. That is definitely in one of my categories. Regarding food, though, I, it, it's, there's such a misconception and, and it's, <laughs> it goes deep, but there's just this huge misconception that dehydrated meals are what you eat. And I fell for it. I see everybody else falling for it. And I, it's interesting because they cost so much. So like the, the cost alone to backpack, oh my gosh, how can you afford it if you're constantly putting in dehydrated meals, let alone uh, the the nutritional aspects and the salt that you're intaking is, is, is a little rare. But I still get amazed to this day when somebody asks us for advice and food is a regular piece of advice that we get questioned on. They, they say, so what exactly am I supposed to take backpacking? Like, what would you guys advise me to take on my, on my trip? And we get this all the time. And so we pour out, uh, endless advice that you can do, you know, you can shop at your grocery store and we give really inexpensive, very tasty options. And more often than not, I see them, they pull out their food bag and I'm like, so you went with the dehydrated meal after that. It's a and safety it's, thing. It's, it's the, it is. It's, it's this comfort. Yep. It's this comfort thing. And I, I did it too. I get it. Uh, but each and every time as we continue to see them and, and, and do additional trips, uh, they no longer have the dehydrated food in their pack. Well, look, it's a, it's a, you know, I'm excited about where uh, backpacking food is going. I, I see so many different options now. I'm glad there's not one person on the street anymore. Uh, so many great companies are, are emerging out of the outdoor industry that are coming up with great uh, food, good to go. Um, there's a couple other ones that are just uh, popping up that I just have seen recently. Um, yeah, so I, I think that part of it is where the backpacking industry or the outdoor industry is just really moving forward with much better nutritional foods, by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that as far as advice goes, when we tell, when people say, you know, what should we run? Like bring food you like. I mean, you know, when you're, especially when you're doing like a long distance trip, I mean, do you know how much, do you know how much of a mental boost eating something you like it versus something you don't like. I mean, like how many oatmeal packets can you literally eat for breakfast on the trail? I went on a oatmeal hiatus. <laughs> I for probably almost two years, I refused to touch oatmeal at all cost. I was starving once, and Scott offered me oatmeal, and I was like, I can't stomach it. Yeah, I right. Overdosed on oatmeal. I'm back. I'm back to doing it, but very irregular. You know, we've made friends again. Uh, as long as it's not frequent, <laughs> I, I, you know, I can do oatmeal. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I did go on strike for oatmeal. Well, I think that that's the that's the weird thing about the trail is that it 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 does give you the trail in itself, the community, the people on the trail. You know, everyone's got a, an opinion. I mean, my God, just go to. Just go to social media and ask a question, for the love of God. <laughs> Everyone's got an opinion. Um, but, you know, the, 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 at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if it doesn't, if it doesn't work for you. It doesn't, if it doesn't fit for you, 
Um, you know, I, I was thinking of another really <clears throat> terrible piece of advice I got. It just kind of dawned on me. Someone, I, I fell into um, early, early on, this is probably 2002. Oh, you got to buy Oslo boots, hiking boots. You got to buy Oslo's. You do. They are the best brand out there. N- not for me. They shred my feet like a paper shredder. Scott and I have this conversation every time because I am a brand fan. I'm obsessed with the boots. I love them. It's not the me. only brand that I I'm wear. Op- I'm 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 the opposite of a brand fan. I want you. I want them to prove it to me. Like I'm not buying you because you're a brand. I'm gonna buy you because it works for me. And so. I, but I, isn't compl- this the crux of what no. we're talking about? Is well, like that's a, advice is so relative. It is relative, and but someone said these are the best, so I bought the best. And after like my feet were like spaghetti and just like just shredded, um, and they were really back then. I'll bet you in two thousand two, I bet you these boots were three hundred and some dollars. The highest quality out there. They were they were primo I gave them away. I literally (laughs) gave them away. That's how bad they ruined my feet. And and then I had to wear them again when I uh, hiked up uh, took that ice climbing class in Mount Washington. And (laughs) he gave me boots I go, what kind of boots? He goes, Oh they're Oslo's I'm like "Uh, uh, uh." (laughs) You actually had really bad blisters on oh my god i had to walk do you know how many people have ever walked up mount washington sideways i couldn't even walk probably not the first i couldn't even walk one foot in front of the other i was literally sidestepping the appalachian trail up to mount washington that's how bad my feet were and so i mean like and yet they've never given me a blister once right right makes me mad too (laughs) really makes me mad and you know, I, so I think the advice is relative. It's got to work for you. The gear's got to work for you. Um, you know, we've got, I think through the years, um, we had a, a listener come up uh, when Ariane and I did, or Ariane did uh, the Conestoga River Trail, and they were practicing with their, their they were getting into alcohol stoves. So they'd bought a windscreen, and they're kind of messing around with the windscreen, trying to get it. You know, to fit with their pot and 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 what have you, and we were I was watching them, and of course it was there was a little breeze, and so the the windscreen kept on kind of opening up a little bit, and you know I remember when I was I was on the trail one time, and you know I never really closed my windscreen all the way, and of course it would always pop open and let heat out, and this girl one time at a campsite she just pulled a bobby pin out of her hair, clipped the you know, clip the windscreen with a bobby pin. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with me? Well, well, one, you don't necessarily have the hair to hold the bobby pin. Not anymore. That's that's problem number one. (laughs) Right, right. Problem number one. Yeah, first I was jealous. (laughs) But but, but I I just thought it was, I I, I mean, it, it was just genius. And so I think those are the little things or the little piece of pieces of advice or clues or just you know that the trail kind of teaches you the community teaches you that you you know that really kind of fits your you know trail lifestyle now i you know i have a little paper clip the best advice i've ever received has been silent and i have so many examples and we're not going to get into them but but it's really just absorbing 
the information around me, watching what others are doing, what they have learned from their experience, asking, you know, seeing what they're physically doing or how they're going about doing it has taught me more, more quickly even uh, than, you know, any direct advice I've ever been given. So you never, <laughs> you're never too old to learn a new trick. <laughs> oh God, that's the and thing about backpacking. It's constantly that's, evolving. It's constantly evolving. Anybody who tells you that they know everything on the trail is is it's full of shit, because you know they're the, people are always coming up with new ways, different things. Now you know some of them are marketing YouTube stuff, and I think that is stupid. But for the most part. You know, just to be out there and just to be, you know, living a free life and, and enjoying nature and learning from other people, that's really what the, the trail teaches you. And that's the beautiful part of the trail because every time I think, well, yeah, I, I kind of know some things, I see someone pull out a bobby pin out of their hair and clip their windscreen. I'm like, oh, God. That's so simple. <laughs> I had God. Uh, a similar stove story real quickly is I once struggled. I was I was using a pocket rocket and it was in the dead of winter. Ice was everywhere. I was having a really hard time getting this set up. And I had come to a boil twice. Happened once. When you say come over. to a boil, were you angry? <laughs> I guess it didn't really set up the story very well. Because uh, I've seen I you was... come to a boil before, and there's some fear factor there. I have some pretty thick Italian blood. Yeah, it boils pretty quickly. Uh, no, I painstakingly have come to a, uh, a rapid boil, uh, you know, with my water in my pot on the pocket rocket. And I didn't have a windscreen. The wind was just howling and picking up, and we were all sitting around the shelter on Overlook Mountain. And... <laughs> And I had dumped, I was having a really bad night. I just wasn't like jiving with backpacking that night. And I tipped it over and it come to a boil. And I was like, oh, I gotta do this again. I was kind of annoyed, but whatever. Everybody kind of did that, oh, party foul kind of thing. And I got to a boil again and I tipped it over a second time. And some jerk, some stranger turns over and makes some snide comment at me. He goes, you think that's really working for you there? And I I did come to a boil. Oh, oh I'm sure. <laughs> but it was really good advice. No, no, it's it's actually not. Once my pride simmered down, no, it, it wasn't working for me. I went to bed hungry that night. I did not boil third time. Third time was not a charm. It wasn't an option for me. Uh but I, th- I think it's those moments where you really like heed those opportunities for z- advice to sink in. Like maybe it's not working for you. And I ultimately switched over to an alcohol stove and have never tipped a pot of boiling water since. Well, and I, I, you know, you bring up a good point too, because, you know, there is a stubbornness sometimes with your gear that, um, you know, you bought it, you invested money in it. And damn it, you're going to use it. <laughs> and even when it's not working for you and it sucks, um, you know, that that's the thing is, is sometimes you got to let that go. And you got to, you know, you have to realize that this isn't this isn't what I signed up for. And, and the thing with with backpacking, you know, people that are just getting into it and, and you know, they've got 
some aspirations to do big things with backpacking is that that kind of little stuff will really defeat you. And, you know, when you can't get things to work or things aren't working or gear's not working right. And we get so much feedback. <laughs> the What really gets my... What really gets me boiling, <laughs> my water is going to boil, is that I, we get comments like, well, I saw this this person on YouTube said it was good. And I'm like, well, congratulations. It's good for them. But have you tried it and tested it for you? Yes. What do you think? I don't like it. What do I do? <laughs> I'm like, we'll send it back. And I think that there, there is a stubbornness there with gear and, you know, it, it some of it's expensive. You invest in it. You invest in the brand, you know, because they're saying it's the best. Um, and so you're like, well, I got this. I got this brand. It's the best. It's the best because everyone's buying it. Well, are, you know, is everyone finishing their through hike with that gear? Uh, yeah, no, 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 no one's finishing it. Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, I think there's some, there's some give and play with, you know, advice, opinions, and, you know, people, you know, pushing one thing. I think it's more an ideology where I love advice when it comes to ideology, you know, like as far as, you know, maybe not so much gear, but people just saying, coming up to me and say, well, you know, my advice to you is, you know, you're limping right now. Maybe <laughs> maybe 20 miles isn't in your day today. You know, that's to me, that's a good advice. That's like someone putting their arm around you and just saying, you know, you're you're limping. Well, and you know, and that's a, you know, come to think of it, and I, it just dawned on me. The I I I did get good advice. So when I was on the AT, I was coming out of the Smokies and I'd slept in shelters and I didn't plan on sleeping in shelters so much right away. And my, my shoulder, I separated some muscle from my bone and I, I pinched a nerve. It was really sore. I was really having a hard time, um, going. And I remember coming back down from the Smokies. We we're coming into bear or black bear. What What's that shelter? What's that? Um, the uh, hostel, um, like Black Bear Hostel. It's right off of I-40 where you right. did your laundry. Yeah. And I was hiking with this girl and she looked at me and I was, I was probably wide as a ghost because I was in so much pain. And she looked at me and she goes, you don't look like you're having fun. And I looked at her and I'm like, I'm not having fun right now. And I had to get off the trail for a week to get that taken care of. And you know, I think that kind of stuff is really good advice. I think mental advice, you know, saying, hey, maybe... It's ah, not you... dished as advice. Have you ever noticed that they're one-sentence statements and they are so impactful? Oh, the best advice. I know, right? <laughs> one sentence. Then How's that dumb. working out for you? <laughs> Period. <laughs> Be like, oh, you better turn around. But it leaves this impact on you to really get you to think about it. And, and, and the best advice can only be it can only alter your your methods if you're if you're willing to heed it and in most cases it's that that moment it's everything kind of clicks in the right moment um but 
advice is out there, whether you're looking for it or not. Yeah, and sometimes advice can be found in the um, little tiny um, uh, spec PDF or the instructions to set up your lightweight tent about tying all your guidelines so your uh, tent doesn't leak. That's That seems to be a big one that gets <laughs> missed all the time. So anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please post a comment on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes or or any of your favorite uh, podcasters, we we would really appreciate it. And also make sure you go to trustthetrailpodcast.com. Sign up for our email list, specific emails about trips, meetups, events. We are emailing now every 1st and 15th of the month. You don't want to miss it. We update where we're going, how we're going to get there, and different things about our Trust the Trail website, which we have a lot of information on that website. Shout out to so lovely and amazing Facebook members and more importantly our patrons who help support our podcast. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Ted Jones, Dave Boyer, John Phillips, Rick Hornick, Jerry Burstein, Shirley Nutt, Jerry, Suzanne Johnson, Brad Wolf, Helene, Mike Pellet, Jacqueline, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Jeff Nyman, Kathy Kinnison, Bob Esser, Matthew Creecroft, Vicki Thomason, Becky Wenger, Jill Lane, Jill Lange, and EJ Newell. If you don't know what Patreon is, what the heck is Patreon? Patreon is a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcast. All you have to do is go, all you have to do is create an account, go to Trust the Trail Podcast, and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the big ones, or any of your favorite podcatchers. If we're not on one that you listen to, let us know. We'll make sure that we are on there for you. You can follow us on Instagram, Trust the Trail, and our Trust the Trail Facebook page. Remember, the trail gives you everything that you need. So, Trust the trail, you guys. Bye. Bye.